this is our last study in this, uh, in this series that we're talking about, about after. Over the last several weeks, um, we have been talking about how the resurrection was only the beginning of what Jesus is doing. You want to get that down on your outline, right at the top of your outline. I'd love for you to follow along today. Let's say it together. The resurrection was only the beginning of what Jesus is doing. Let's say it one more time. Come on. The resurrection was only the beginning of what Jesus is doing. I know it's not grammatically correct because we're changing tenses, but um, we need to know that Jesus is doing something today in our lives, and the resurrection was only the beginning. He started it there, and he's wanting to make a difference in our lives and in the lives of the people that you love, that you work with, that you live near, and uh, we believe that. Turn the person next to you and just tell them, I'm so glad you're here today. Would you tell them that? It's great to be together to worship together, something about that, and uh, I'm real excited. Jesus told his followers, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. The thing that we've been learning throughout this series is that Jesus wants us involved in what he's doing, so he gives us Holy Spirit power. And that's the only way that we can get involved, really, in what Jesus is doing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. His power, Holy Spirit power, propels followers into this world as a witness for Jesus. Holy Spirit power helps us to live a life like Jesus in a world that needs to see Jesus. The Holy Spirit changes our lives. Um, In a couple of weeks, we're going to begin a brand new series called, Who Is He?, And we're going to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and really dig deep into this. I felt like God kind of shifted gears on me, and I feel like we need to continue this discussion about the Holy Spirit, but we need to learn who the Holy Spirit is and all that he wants to do in our lives. And so for the big chunk of this year, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. But Jesus pushes his followers to carry the message of Jesus beyond where they are because the mission of the church is outside its walls. Just like Caleb talked about with our community um, events that we do like movie nights. If you were there, you saw we had 39 people show up for our movie night. Just so you know, that's almost twice as many that's right here today. And so we are making an impact in our community in ways. Dee Dee and I just ran in. We were at Vaughn's. We ran into a family, a lady and, and her kids that, that was at our movie night. And, and we walked by and the lady goes, oh, hi. And I looked and I'm like, Hi don't even know who you are. <laughs> Hi. And Dee Dee goes, oh, they were at our movie night. I met them. I'm like, you go, girl. You know, it's like, I'm glad you were there because I didn't get a chance to meet this family. Okay? We're making a difference in our community. And so Jesus pushes us, the mission of the church is outside its walls. And so we are being pushed as a church to reach outside. So look what happens. The followers waited in Jerusalem And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability." Now, we've been talking about this for the last several weeks, and if you missed it, you want to back up and and hit our podcast on iTunes or um, through the Android system, whatever, and just make sure you catch up with the chapters um, that we have been covering. But this is what I want you to get down. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it catapults this experience in our lives. Get this down. Jesus wants to work supernaturally in our lives. Actually, it's not a blank, is it? It's just a circle it then, all right? It's there. Circle it. Jesus wants to work 
supernaturally in our lives. I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit catapults our experience beyond the natural into the supernatural. And it's because Jesus wants to work supernaturally in our lives. Take a look at verse 5. At that time, there were Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the noise, I love that, the noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Oh, maybe it was something like this. Take a look at this video. When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. Do, Re, Mi. Do, Re, Mi. The first three notes just happen to be Do, Re, Mi. Do, Re, Mi. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti. Do, a deer, a female deer. Re, a drop of golden sun. Me, a name I call myself, far, a long, long way to run. So, a needle pulling thread, la, a note to follow so. Tea, a drink with jam and bread, that will bring us back to dough. Oh, 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 dough! A deer, a female deer, a drop of golden sun Me! A name I call myself Bah! A long, long way to run So, a needle pulling thread La! A note to follow so So the thing that I want you to see in this video is this isn't just a bunch of people who were dancing at a train station. This whole thing began with a sound. Did you notice that? 
People were just doing their own thing. They were on their phones. They were walking through the train station. And then they hear this sound first. And then people start dancing. And then soon everyone stops because it's getting their attention. And then more and more people come down the stairs and they join in. And they even have bystanders who were not dancers, who had not planned this flash mob. They start. Did you see that woman over there just giving it all? You know, I mean, she is, she is really getting into the Holy It's interesting that this points us to the Holy Spirit kind of in the experience, this is what I want you to get. Just think about what they experienced in Jerusalem on that day. I mean, around 100 believers were meeting together, praying together, and suddenly the Holy Spirit shows up in a real powerful way as Jesus predicted. And the Holy Spirit gives them this ability to speak in a language that they didn't know. And the whole environment is being changed by what is happening here they are, going about their normal everyday routine, and all of a sudden, thousands of people are, are thrust into this supernatural experience. This has never happened before. This is the thing that I want you to get. It's, it's never been heard of before. Something new. Verse 6 says, they were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, uh, Egypt, the areas of Libya, visitors from Rome, Cretans, and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Jesus did something supernatural in the lives of his followers. He so filled them with the Spirit of God that they were overwhelmed. Their, their hearts were full of fresh, new, breathtaking vision of God. Their mouths overflowed with praise about the greatness of God. Friends, Jesus wants to work supernaturally in your life and in my life. It wasn't just for that day. Friends, if we are followers of Jesus, we are not called to live a natural life. I want to show you something that Jesus says to his father as he was praying for his followers. I want you to follow this with me. Look what Jesus prays. He says, Father God, I have revealed to you, to, I'm sorry, I've re revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this word. He's, he's praying for followers. I gave them the words you gave me, Father, and they accepted them. And they believed that you sent me. I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. It's interesting, Jesus is praying this John 17 prayer. He's getting ready to face the cross and he's going to leave and, and his followers are going to stay and he's praying this very, very intimate prayer to Father, his Father in heaven, our heavenly Father. And he's saying, I have revealed you to all of them and, and, and I'm going to leave, I'm, I'm leaving soon, but I realize that they're, that they're still here and they're in the world. Jesus says, because he says that his followers are staying in the world. Say that with me, that phrase, in the world. And look at it, he continues in verse 15. My prayer is not that you will take them out of the world, but that you will protect them from the evil one. They are, notice this, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So not only does Jesus say that they are in the world, but Jesus also says that his followers are not 
of the world. Come on, say that with me. Not of the world. So basically, when we put this together, Jesus says his followers are in the world, but not of the world. Come on, say that with me. In the world, but not of the world. And then Jesus includes us. I love this part. This next verse, verse 20. He's not just talking about those followers that were right there, that were with him when he was on earth. He's talking about us. He reaches out generations and centuries in the future. Look what he says. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Wow. Those of us who became followers of Jesus because of the message of the apostles. Jesus includes us that have come to faith later. Get this down. Actually, begin thinking about this. As followers of Jesus, we are in the world. Jesus says that we're followers, that we don't belong to the world any more than he does. And then we connect the dots. Here it is. As a follower of Jesus, I am called to live differently through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm called to live differently through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. Be very careful here. I'm not talking about being weird. Okay? Turn to the person next to you and just tell him he's not talking about weird. Okay? I'm not. I'm not talking about being weird. There are far too many weird church people out there already. Come on, let's just be honest. Have, Have you ever met a weird church person? Just raise your hand. You ever met a weird church person? Okay? If you're not raising your hand, you may be one. So be careful. Okay, yeah, listen, I, I'm talking about living a different kind of life. I'm talking about living a supernatural life, a life that is empowered by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, a life that experiences the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Sadly, most Christians live just like everyone else. You may have seen this before. Two cars waiting at a stoplight, the light turns green. The man in front doesn't notice that the light has turned green. The woman behind him begins pounding her steering wheel, but he doesn't move. The woman begins to blow her car horn. She flips him off and she yells at him. He still doesn't move, but he hears the noise and he looks up and he sees the light as it turns yellow. And so he accelerates through the intersection just as the light turns red. And so she stopped there, and now she just goes crazy. Have you ever seen anybody like this before? She just goes crazy in her car, screaming out the window in frustration at the driver who just left her at the red light. And she is still yelling when she notices someone comes up to her window. She looks up to see a very serious-looking police officer. She starts apologizing immediately. But the policeman tells her to turn off her engine The officer asks her for her driver's license and registration, and he returns to his patrol car. Well, she complies, and she's speechless. She can't believe what's happening. What is going on? Soon the officer returns, and he says to her, I I apologize for this inconvenience, ma'am. But you see, I was behind you when you were blowing your horn and flipping that guy off and cussing at the car in front of you. And I noticed 
your what would Jesus do license plate frame and your follow me to church bumper sticker and the Christian fish emblem on your trunk. So I assumed that you had stolen the car. I find it disturbing when Christians live just like everybody else. You should too. When we are no different than the people around us, when we use the same language, we live the same lifestyles, we have the same attitudes, we're pretty much living the same. I mean, we watch the same TV shows, we go to the same movies, we drink the same, we smoke the same. Christians look a whole lot like the culture that we live in. And sadly, most Christians have no more hope and no more peace and no more compassion and no more kindness and no more self-control. We have no more power and we have no more joy than anyone else around us. We have anger issues. We have trust issues. We have forgiveness issues. We have control issues just like everyone else around us. We stress. We burn out. We don't know what to do, we're afraid, we're discontent, we quit, we worry, just like everyone else around us. And other than claiming to be a Christian, and other than attending church for a couple of hours each week, and other than owning a Bible, and other than praying before we eat, most Christians live a life that is almost identical to everyone else. And yet, you know what the Apostle Paul tells us? He says in Ephesians 4 verse 1, I urge you who have been chosen by God to live up to the life to which God has called you. You know what that means? Different. Live differently. We're not called to live a a natural life. We're called to live a supernatural life, a different life. I mean, Paul opens this up a little bit more in verse 17. Look what he says. Do not continue living like those who do not believe. They don't understand because they refuse to listen. So they cannot have the life that God gives. But what you learned in Christ was not like this. You were taught to leave your old self to stop living the way you lived before. You were taught to be made new in your hearts to become a new person. And then Paul spends these several verses in Ephesians for talking about how we should live differently in relating to the people around us. And then look at how he wraps this. Verse 30. This should move you. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Think about that. How you are living could bring sorrow to the Spirit of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should live differently 
than everyone else. You should live uniquely different than those around you. Jesus' followers do not live the way that they used to. Someone truly following Jesus will have a unique lifestyle different from others. You will not live like the old you. You will live like the new you. You have been transformed. You are called to a different life. You will live a life doing what's right, living uniquely following Jesus. And I know me and I know you. And we struggle in living this different life. And I know that the only way that you and I can live differently, the only way that you and I can live supernaturally in this world, in this culture, in our jobs, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our families, is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is so important. I mean, come on, let's get this down one more time. As a follower of Jesus, I am called to live differently through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. As Jesus' followers, it's so important that we live differently because the people that watch us and look at our lives, they are looking to see who Jesus is and what he's all about. This word Christian, it's interesting. In the book of Acts, this was actually a derogatory term. That they were labeled Christians. This was, this was like a, a cut against followers of Jesus. Oh, you guys are just a bunch of Christians. You know what it means? In Greek, it means little Christs. Hmm. Is that the way that when people see you, do they see Christ? Are you a reflection? Or are you just like them? Hmm. We share the message of Jesus with those around us, not just with our words, not just going to church, but with our lives. And because of that, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Acts 1.8, let's read it again last time. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today.